today on CityCast Denver. Marilyn Vanderbur of Denver is making history as the first Miss America to sell her crown. I took it out of the box and he said, oh, I had no idea how gorgeous. It's just beautiful. The auction kicks off this weekend, and I got to sit down with Marilyn to talk about the decision to let go of a piece of personal history and give all the money to Denver teachers. Today is Tuesday, November 2nd, Election Day. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Marilyn Vanderbur is not just Miss America. She's Denver royalty. In fact, her whole family was considered Denver royalty at one time. I remember growing up hearing about the wealthy Vanderburs and their philanthropic influence on the city. Marilyn was crowned Miss America in 1958. It's really hard to watch the videos from that ceremony because her father, a well-known Denver businessman, stands next to her on stage as she receives her crown. But no one knew then that her father had sexually abused her hundreds of times before that moment. And needless to say, the proud father. Oh, she's been a lovely gal all her life. And you have uh, how many girls, Mr. Van? Four. Four girls. Since then, Marilyn has used her platform as Miss America to support and advocate for survivors of sexual abuse. And she's taking that philanthropic streak even further now by being the first Miss America to sell her crown. Well, Marilyn Vanderbur, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thank you so much. It's so, I just want to say it's so nice to talk to somebody else who grew up here. There's not that yes. many of us, so. <laughs> and I fell in love with my husband when I was 15, and we both went East, East High School. And, you know, our memories go all the way back, so. Oh, I love that. We're natives, yes. And oh. we've lived in the same house for over 50 years, so. <laughs> oh. What neighborhood are you guys in? Just curious. Hilltop. Oh, lovely. One day, about 10 years ago, Larry said, let's let's look at houses. And I said, and with which wife are you moving? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm, I'm not going stay. anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> not going anywhere. Oh, well. So, Marilyn, we're going to talk about, obviously, um, your crown, and you're the first Miss America to ever sell your crown. But I, I would love to go back to that moment um, or that time in 1958 when you were first crowned Miss America. Marilyn Elaine Van Derber, Miss Colorado, crowned tonight Miss America. She, by the what way, did it mean to you then? I, it, it was not my goal to be Miss America. It was not in my thoughts at all. At the University of Colorado, I was on the ski team. I was in the modern choir. I, pageants were just not a part of my life. And I was a pie fi and there were about 80 girls. And I was out of the meeting, and the meeting was over, and they said, you're our nomination for Miss University of Colorado. That was in May. In July, I was Miss Colorado. And the first weekend in September, I was Miss America. <laughs> <laughs> It happened. Was it my dream? It was not. Would I do it again? I would, because it has been the framework, really, for my life. Um, mm. It has given me a platform 
a voice. That's amazing. That's so interesting that it wasn't really part of your your plan in life, but then it ended up being this way for you to connect with other humans. I just didn't want to fall off the runway, and I wanted to remember my piece. <laughs> I, it honestly never one time occurred to me, even during those months when I was Miss Colorado, that I would be Miss America. Never, just didn't cross my mind. I'll go do what I need to do, and I'll come back. You know, I think sometimes when we're not sort of, quote unquote, applying for the job, we do the best because we don't have expectations for ourselves that we're trying to meet. We just kind of be ourselves. And I think maybe being yourself was what made it, you know, what what made you a star to folks was to see somebody acting as themselves. So last year you were filming this documentary for the 100th anniversary for the Miss America pageant, which is coming up in December. And the director of that film asked you to bring your crown to the interview. Um, I'm curious what your relationship has been like over the decades with this object. The crown is very symbolic to me. It has meaning to me. It is not something that I have displayed. Um, I showed my granddaughter, Izzy, who's 12. <laughs> but um, no, I don't, I don't have anything in my house. Well, that's not true. When my mother passed away, there was a picture of me as Miss America. And that is in my home. Other than that, you really wouldn't know that much about me. Why? Why is that? Um, when I married Larry, I was very famous. I was living in New York. I was on television all the time. You would rec recognize me instantly. I moved home. He was a beginning lawyer. And everywhere we would go, I was stopped. I was recognized, which was like an autograph. And, and he was fine with all of it. I just, I just didn't want our lives to be about me. And fortunately or unfortunately, our lives have been very much about me. So do I display it in our home? I don't. So this weekend, your crown, a one-of-a-kind bracelet, your trophy, and a gown you wore for Miss America's 75th anniversary will be auctioned off by Heritage Auction House. And you've said that all the proceeds will be given to Denver Teachers. Can you tell me about how you came to this decision? One of my favorite sayings is we give to one another in ways that we can. I have something of value. And it happened so quickly. Within a matter of a couple of weeks, we, we were done. Oh, and, and another thing. Heritage said, we will cut our commission in half because you're giving to teachers. So instead of the 20% that we usually take, will only take 10% because we want to be a part of this as well, which I thought was just, just so amazing. It's, it's been a lot of people who have said, let's, let's get on board here. Let's see what we can do here. Could you describe, like, what does the crown look like? I'm, I don't know. I can't imagine what a crown from 1958 would look like. Does it, is like, what is it? What colors? What does it look like? Um, it, it looks better than Queen Elizabeth's. <laughs> I've looked at all of her crowns and they don't match my Miss America crown. Um, L Larry, <laughs> not, <laughs> not seen it. 
I took it out of the box and Larry, you know, Larry said, okay, your crown. He said, oh, I had no idea how gorgeous. It's just beautiful. And the bracelet is just stunning. The bracelet is, it's a mini crown. It's about three inches high. The, I think the crowns are different today. Yeah. Um, I talked to the shop, that the, the, the business that made my, my crown, his grandfather did. It's silver plated. It is heavy. It is elegant, as is, and, and this man whose grandfather made my crown, he said, you have to send me a picture of the bracelet. I've never seen a bracelet. And I, I sent it to him and he said, I've just never seen anything like it. He said, I think you're the only one that has a bracelet. And then he said, it's worth more than the crown. Interesting. Now, the auction doesn't doesn't agree. Oh. They're, they're selling them together. How is it going to feel strange to not have these these items in your possession anymore? I I, I showed my crown to Izzy. Again, she's 12. And I said, Izzy, this is something that you pass from generation to generation. Hmm. I want to know how you would feel if I sold this and made money for teachers. And Izzy said, oh, yes, Nanny. Yes, Nanny. And my daughter feels the same way. And my husband feels the same way. That's lovely. So there was, it was just, it, it happened again. It happened so quickly when there's energy behind something and all of a sudden it just falls into place. You know, you've done the right thing and it is going directly to teachers for nothing else, just, and for whatever the teachers want to do. They want to buy school supplies. If it's for childcare, how much is the auction going to bring? I have no idea. None. A crown has never been sold. The 100th anniversary is this year. It's historic. We'll see. Seems like good timing. Maybe Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call her up and say, you know what? I have a crown that is much, much more gorgeous than yours. <laughs> You're like, Let's you want to give me 50 grand for it so I can support some, some teachers? Oh. So Marilyn... You're not just a former Miss America. Um, you have dedicated your life to supporting and advocating for survivors of sexual abuse. And this is because you yourself endured sexual assault from your father for the majority of your childhood. 13, 13 years from age five to age 18 of my father. Yes. Did I want that story to go out? Absolutely not. Um, my story came out when I was 53. I kind of ran from the press. Um, the first and second days. I took the interview on the second day because the, they said they'll call your sisters. And I said, okay, I'll give, I'll give you an interview. And then I heard they were calling my sisters. So I called my sister Gwen in San Francisco and I said, if you want to go public, do it in San Francisco, but don't do it in Denver. We're never going to get off the front pages. And the next day, her picture was on the front page with my story. And I said to Larry, we, ne we need to go to the track. So we put on some sweats and we went to the track and we were jogging around the track. 
And a woman with her two dogs came and she said, we're so proud of what you're doing, Marilyn. And I'm so grateful that your sister Gwen came forward this morning. I had not been happy about that. And I said, really, why? And she said, because yesterday on our most popular radio talk show, people were calling in and saying, why should we believe her? Now that your sister has come forward, they will have to believe you. I looked at her and I said, if people are not going to believe 53-year-old me, then who is going to believe a child? And I went home, I called the newspapers, called the TV stations, and I said, let's get to work. It has been the most incredibly rewarding 30 years. I, I, I I, I just was given such a privilege to be able to reach out. That's why I was named Miss America. This is, this is the job I was given to do. And support people have a better understanding of the, the trauma and the process, the long, long process. This morning on TV, there was a well-known I can't remember, a hockey player, a football player. Oh, there's a hockey, yeah, there's a hockey situation going on, I think, in Chicago. And he's 20. He was sexually assaulted when he was 20. Yeah. He was crying. He was crying. The tears were, he was, he could barely talk. So when you're 13 years of that, or you're raped on a consistent basis, you just don't, he, you, you don't get over it. No, you, no. You learn, you can heal, which I did, and I think that's been my most important message. I wanted to find somebody. Does this ever end? Do you just sob all the time? Find me one woman, and now I am that woman. Mm. That's amazing, Marilyn. Thank you so much. I think, um, first of all, I'm sorry. I know that it, it probably is still something that is um hurtful that happened to you but you were able to take that and support others um i, I need to say i need to say something to you right there i have been interviewed hundreds of times you're the first person to say i'm so sorry what happened to you no therapist ever said that to me so thank you brie um, <laughs> It's the least I could do. I mean, I can't, when someone tells me something that's so personal, even if it's public, it's still you, It you know, it still happened to you. So I thank you for sharing your story. I wonder, um, you know, kind of wrapping up this conversation about the crown, what do you hope people around the world take away from your decision to to pass this, this piece of your history on um, to someone else out in the world? There's a woman in Denver, I'm going to say her name, Arlene Hirschfeld. I don't think any, any woman in Denver has done more philanthropy than she has done. I mean, she's given her life to doing philanthropy. And she wrote me a beautiful email. And at the bottom, she said, you've given me a different way of looking at giving. Um, I was putting on skis. I took a knee skiing this last winter and I had trouble getting my, my, 
my boot on my binding, and she was all ready to go. She saw I was having trouble. She jumped out of her bindings, came over, leaned over, working, working. And after she did that, I looked at her and I said, we give to one another in ways that we can. She looked up at me and she said, I didn't think I have any, anything to give. I can give time. So I can give a crown. Arlene gives her life. Um, it's a different way of thinking about giving. Could I have given it to the Colorado Historical <laughs> Society to go in their <laughs> warehouse? Um, I probably could have. And I did that. And now I want to go a different way. Yeah. I mean, I would argue you've given your time too. just spending spending hours with folks, uh, with fellow survivors is and have loved the privilege of it every single day. It's a privilege. Marilyn, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Bree. Thank you for having me on. And here's what else is happening in Denver today. Football fans in the Mile High City are very sad, angry, and confused by the news yesterday that the Denver Broncos traded linebacker Vaughn Miller to the Los Angeles Rams. The eight-time Pro Bowler no longer puts up the numbers he did when he was leading the Broncos to victory in Super Bowl 50 back in 2016, but his skills and leadership were coveted by a Rams team that is still very much in contention this year. They gave up a second and third round pick in the 2022 draft to pry him away from Denver, where he has played for all 11 seasons of his career. We will miss Vaughn a lot, especially his excellent off-the-field outfits. And in Election Day news, though 45,000 Denver voters have already cast their ballots, part of Initiative 303 has been ruled unlawful by a Denver district court. 303 would have required city officials to enforce the camping ban within 72 hours of a citizen complaint. According to Denverite, a judge ruled that telling the city how to enforce its policies was unconstitutional. 303 will stay on Denver ballots, which can be dropped off at ballot boxes until 7 p.m. today. But if it passes, the 72-hour timeline will not be part of the law. Now go vote! And that's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. Fits. I had outfits and then I was like, young people call it fits. Should I say outfits? <laughs> <laughs>